0: all right i believe we might be live. and uh great to see everybody tonight if you're joining us online as always we want to say hi to you and glad you're with us and uh we've got uh, folks online with you to say hi to be a blessing to answer any questions they can just uh, let them know you're there log in and participate as you can in our message tonight but You'll see in the bottom right hand corner, we always have a uh, prayer tab posted, and we want to be a blessing, and we want to know how to be praying for you and how we can uh, be an encouragement to you, so uh, let us know how we can uh, be that blessing. Uh, we always want to make sure that you know that's private and secure. It goes to one source. It's not shared or uh, displayed, so uh, nobody can see it, but uh, again, let us be a blessing, but glad you're with us tonight and i uh, hope you're enjoying we had a little bit of sunshine today a little thawing out so uh, that was encouraging and uh, enjoyable and uh, it's not like i was running around in shorts and t-shirts but i didn't have to uh didn't have to bundle up so took it as a is uh, a blessing that it was so uh speaking of prayer requests uh, we do have folks that are still struggling sam is still sti- uh, sick So uh, keep her in prayer. She's making the turn. It looks like, uh, by my medical uh, experience, uh, she's not coughing as much. So I think she's made a turn. (laughs) That's about the extent of my medical knowledge. But uh, so uh, I do know there's folks that are still out and uh, fighting this illness. So just keep everyone in prayer. If you notice somebody's spent out, shoot them a text. Uh, Let them know uh, you're thinking about them i know kim and cheryl their uh water lines froze up in their house and uh, they just now got uh, ability to work on it today i believe uh they've been without water had to leave and go over to their son and daughter-in-law's house uh to survive so uh keep them in prayer my sister uh just uh just really need prayers she does uh mike and the family uh so just continue to pray for her and uh just uh you know god's uh, peace upon her and her, the promises he has for her and and, uh, and of course god's in the miracle business and uh we're just going to pray for god's perfect will to work in that situation and uh god is good amen and uh we we will as we talked about sunday going through our series with james have our trials and tribulations uh and yet we can always say but god no matter what we're doing and what we're dealing with, but God. And uh, so we just need to lean into that and lean on that. So just keep those in prayer. Uh, And so uh, let's pray tonight. We'll get started, and uh, we'll get into a a very popular chapter tonight of Ephesians as we continue to walk through uh, the book here, the uh, letter epistle written by Paul to the church there in Ephesus. And uh, so it's a very popular chapter as we walk into chapter 2 and uh, talk about the foundation for salvation so let's pray father thank you for tonight the opportunity to gather together underneath your word and fellowship we know as you tell us we're two or more present you're there with us so we just ask that your spirit moves abundantly uh, through each of our hearts tonight we uh, ask that every word that is spoken that it's uh, anointed and empowered by you Father, we lift up these individuals and many others that weren't mentioned uh, that are just struggling health-wise, some uh, more challenging than others, but just ask that you have your peace upon them. Father, we ask for healing in every situation, and uh, we ask that uh, you know according to your perfect will, but work through these individuals, encourage them again most of all in uh, your goodness and the promises you have for them. Uh, we uh, ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, tonight, like I said, uh, Ephesians chapter two. Last week we looked at Paul's prayer, and it pointed out in verse sixteen, he told uh, the church, says, I, you know, he says, I don't cease praying for you. Pray for you all the time, and as we should, pray for each other." But we saw there, starting in verse seventeen, what Paul was specifically praying for. And uh, while it's always good to pray, and we don't have to pray to minute specific situations we can pray in generality God knows our heart God knows the situation even when we don't know it but Paul brought up four specific things that he was praying for for the church he prayed for their hope uh, their worth understanding their worth in Christ the power the same power that resurrected Christ from the grave that dwelled within them and then he prayed that they grasped Christ's supremacy uh, and who he was and, and of course verse 17 drove this home and he put the emphasis on the fact that this would all occur, by the way of prayer, that it would work through wisdom and revelation, knowing of Him, or knowledge of Him. And so, he was encouraging them in that way. So, let's continue on here. Let's look at uh, Ephesians chapter 2. So, let's read verses 1 through 10, and then we're going to go back and uh, walk through these verses individually and some together. And uh, grasp this truth here as Paul continues to speak to the church. It should be on the screen for us here. And it says, uh, and you were dead in the trespasses and what? Sins. Right off the bat. So Paul says, he just got through praying for him. He says, hey, okay, now wait a second. I understand you were dead at one time. Now there's a context that we need to catch. These first three verses is very interesting. Very interesting. And, uh, uh, did uh, what's going on here with my tabloid, I'm sorry so we can go ahead and read while I'm doing this so uh, he says you were dead in the trespasses and sins, verse 2 in which you once walked following the course of this world saying hey, you, you've been walking in the footsteps of the sin around you following the prince of the power of the air I'll see talking about Satan and his imps the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience so Paul's saying look you, you can't, you, we've heard the the quotes we've seen them online, and and you know they're and rightfully so, you know, different versions. But one is saying you can't hold hands, you know, with with Satan and 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 walk in the spirit, you know, or vice versa. You can't hold hands with, you know, God and Satan. Different versions. What it's talking about. So uh, verse uh, three, among whom all once lived in passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. We don't, this is a part we don't like. Like the rest of mankind. But God, we were talking about earlier, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses. This is the emphasis of this conjunction. Uh, that, that but God is a powerful conjunction. And he says right here, so even though we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by what? grace by grace have you been saved and raised up with him seated talking about our inheritance us with him in the heavenly places in christ jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace remember he talks about grace upon grace the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in christ jesus For, then here it is, a popular verse, for by grace are you saved through faith. Grace is a gift. Grace is the work of God. Faith is where we come into it. Faith is a measure we put to the provision of grace. For by grace are you saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of our works, our doings. Our religiosity well I go to church well I'm good and I this and I that no not a result of our work so that no may boast in verse 10 for we are his his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared before him that we should walk in them these 10 verses here and that's why I labeled it a foundation for salvation these ten verses lay the, the cornerstone of which Christ offered us eternal life. Now, let's go back and look at this. I want us to catch this context and how Paul speaks to the church in verses 1 through 3 here of chapter 2. But two things we need to understand. There are two deeply ingrained, call them myths, call them uh, opinions, whatever, but... Two deeply ingrained myths in our culture uh, when dealing with evil, and it's the fact, these two here, the main problem in the world is other people, and two, deep down, we really don't think we're that bad. These are prevailing thoughts. These are prevailing thoughts within the church oh, yeah, there's bad out there, but, you know, I'm not like that. You know, I'm I'm not really that bad of a person, you know. Or, no, there's bad. You know, there are some bad people out there. Most of time, very seldom somebody says, and I'm one of them, <laughs> you know, even though Paul says, I was the chief of sinners, himself stated that. So we have these two prevailing thoughts in our culture that, one, there is bad. There are bad people out there. There are other people that are causing the problems. And deep down inside, I'm not one of them because I'm really overall a good person in comparison. So let's go back and touch on verses 1 through 3 here. Notice how Paul speaks in the first two verses. He's direct. And and what's that next word? You. Paul's, Paul's pointing the finger. He's talking to the church here in the letter. He says, hey, you this listening, you with ears, you that's being, you know, this is being read by, by Timothy, you know, I'm talking to you out there. So he says, and you, dead in the trespasses and sins, who were dead, you know, to these, were in a time past, you walked. Paul's still pointing fingers, is he not? You know according to this world and, and you know the the prince of there, the power but notice what paul does in verse 3 now look at this among whom what did he change context there so paul went from spiritually pointing the finger in the sense to get their attention saying look you you're you're dead in your sin you, you're a dead you know we've heard the term dead man walking you're 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 spiritually you're a dead man walking why because you're influenced after the flesh you you searched after the flesh you've been influenced by the prince of the air you're doing what everybody else is doing around you you're going with the flow and you think all's good and fine hey I'm just living life I'm not that bad blah 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 and God's saying no 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 you're dead you're wrong, you're living wrong, you're being influenced by sin, you're giving in to sin, you're, you're holding hands with Satan and trying to, you know, to live for God. He says you can't do it. And just about the time they're like, well, you're a little pushy, aren't you, Paul? And Paul says, we all. Now who's Paul writing to? all of us he yeah he them himself and us tonight we all once lived in the passions of our flesh I won't make people raise their hands I'll raise mine I think I can probably say for all of us we've all lived at times in passions of the flesh or Paul wouldn't be saying it Paul knows what he's saying the Holy Spirit empowered these words carrying out the desires of the body and the mind in war by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind this is why so many churches today sadly many churches today won't talk about sin they won't talk about sin because that last line we war by nature's children of what wrath no i don't want to hear anything about god's wrath towards me i want to hear about loves me god loves me and all's going to be okay i go to church and i love god back he loves me we'll just hold hands and skip along in this life and we'll be best buds well god's not our best bud he's our god he died for our sins Churches don't want to talk about that from the pulpit because people don't want to hear it. Folks don't want to hear what they are and what we are. But we need to. It's hard as humans to believe or understand that we deserve wrath. Well, I, I know I'm not perfect. I know what I'm seeing, but I, I do a lot of good things. I'm not as bad as I once was. I know I was in the flesh at times, but I've really matured in the Lord, and I, you know, I stumble a little, you know, those a little bitty sins here, but I'm a good person overall compared. To that. <laughs> we're dead. We were dead. And the only reason we're not dead It's because of the mercy and the grace of God through Jesus Christ. And we're subject, because of our sins, we're subject to God's wrath. We're all going to stand there. The scriptures tell us that Satan's going to be there. And me as well, but Satan's going to see Stephen come and go, Oh, I'll get this one. I got a whole list of things to bring up about him. And Todd. And you. And it's all going to be true. And you're going to be like, oh, this ain't going to be good. (laughs) And Satan's going to, you know, I'm carrying this out. Satan's going to be doing his thing. And have you painted in a proverbial spiritual corner? And you're going to be like in that courtroom and the prosecuting attorney's just like laying out all this evidence against you. And you look over there and your attorney's on his phone. You're like, hey, aren't you going to object, say something, do something? I couldn't help but think we got to some degree you're going to be thinking, Jesus, help me. And yeah, he's our advocate, attorney. It's a name for Christ, our advocate. I would have to think, I know me at some point, I was a i don't mean to interrupt i know you're god but please help me right, don't worry <laughs> what do you mean don't worry he's not talking about you like that hey just let him get through let him run his mouth just having some fun here god's gonna say whoa i don't know todd this don't sound good jesus do you got anything to say About oh, me yeah oh no I paid for all that. He's alive now. He's been quickened. He's been quickened by my redeeming work on the cross. And Satan won't have a word to say. Then all of our fear, we're gonna look down and realize that we're white as snow. And we're like, that's when it gets fun. Then you get to talk trash, just say no. I don't even go. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it, you know, we, we had some fun there with the scriptures, but, but we were dead. We're, we're deserving of this wrath. Paul's pointing this out to the church. We all, y'all, us, generations, years, thousands of years to come, we're all subject to the wrath that comes by the cause of our flesh. It's like Paul's saying, before we get too full of ourselves, don't get too far ahead of yourself spiritually because you've been in church X amount of years, or you served X amount of ways, or you gave X amount of money, or you, whatever. Whatever you want to stick in those quotation marks, you and me, it doesn't overcome the wrath that we deserve from God. We all deserve God's wrath. There's a story within us. It's a story of a past and present here. The human race has been dead in sin. As Paul says, you and I are dead with them. But, but God, but for God. It's in the past now. Our story is different now. We'll see that in the next few chapters. It goes on in verse 4. I love verse 4. We did a sermon on that, you know, a year ago or I think last year, maybe the, the, you know, the but message. Every time you see but in the scriptures, this is that conjunction. Maybe one of the greatest conjunctions ever spoken. That was spoken by Paul here through the Holy Spirit. While you were dead in your sins, but, but God Christ quickened you. Instantly, boom, you went from death to life. That moment in our lives when each one of us got to hear the gospel, the same gospel that that, that Paul's delivering to the church and and the same gospel that Paul got to hear on the Damascus Road, when he came to that knowledge that we are subject to that wrath and we need that salvation and we cry out and we ask Christ to save us, instantly it's like the, the flat line on the hot monitor. You get that boop, that beep. And your spiritual heart starts beating again. They're like, oh, he's not dead. He was dead. He's alive now. Quicken, the word, means means life. Born again. Why is this so important of an event? The answer is it turns the spiritual corner from death to life. Wrath is still real, but now salvation is realer. Making up a word for us there. Should say more, but realer sounds funner. You got kind of Deborah caught that. <laughs> I was trying to see making <laughs> exactly, yeah, there you go. So here in verse 4, notice what he points out. It goes on in verses four through seven. He points out some very prominent things for us. Look at our scriptures here. One, in verse 4, he says that he loved us. This was all done because of God's great love for us. He owed us nothing. He made it perfect to start with, didn't he, not in the garden? Hey, I started you off perfect. My creation, the firmament, the stars, the planets was all perfect. I formed you, put you in it. You were perfect. We had perfect fellowship. You're the one that messed it up. I don't owe you anything. But because of my great love for you, I want to offer you life. Not because we deserve it, but because He loved us. Goes on to verse 5. He made us alive. He saved us, it tells us in verse 5. Verse 6, it goes on. He raised us up. He resurrected our spirit. The same spirit that rose Christ from the grave when we prayed when we prayed and asked for Christ for our salvation, it was imputed to us. It came and dwelled within us. The same fullness of power that resurrected Christ resurrected us spiritually. Goes on to say that then He seats us in heavenly places. Gives us our key to heaven. Gives us our eternal inheritance with Christ. Verse 7, it says it reveals, all this reveals His grace. Getting something that we have no ownership or entitlement to. You know, and I was the same way. It goes back, I'm sure, forever. Whenever there was cars and drive, whenever, I mean, as soon as that kid gets his driver's license, what's his very next question? Yeah. Or, more than borrow, they what? When are we going to go, yeah, when are we going to go buy me a car? Like, well, Why are we buying you? Why don't I? Well, I got my license now. Well, that was that? I don't care if you got you. it's like these kids, you know, I did the same thing. Oh, I got my license, so now my parents are supposed to buy me a car. You know, you ain't got no stinking job. Why am I going to go buy you? You want a car? Go get a job. You know what I'm saying. But this is what Christ does for us. He owes us nothing, but His grace gave us everything. And it talks about His kindness. Oh, the beauty of God's kindness. But we can't overlook the depths of His love. I, I i mean i know we do uh, one we we struggle with the depths of god's love because we can't grasp it it's hard to fully immerse yourself into something you can't grasp i mean you can whatever hobby you have you you, you can delve you know you can dabble in it and and re- but until you get to know the more you get to know it the more you fall in love with that hobby well we, we, in our limited minds, can only grasp so much of God's love. One, because His love is perfect, we don't have a clue to what perfect love is. We've never experienced it in our life. We have experienced it from God. We've never experienced it in this temporal realm. So we're trying to connect with this perfect love by which grace and mercy came that, that covered the wrath that we were due And we're trying to grow in something that we can't even put our fingers on. So we need to understand and don't overlook it. It tells us this in verses 8 and 9. Powerful verses. For by grace. Right there. For, For by way of God giving us something we don't deserve. We, we, get this, we get this promise of life. And we activate it by way of our faith when we move in it. And it's not our own doing. Romans six twenty three for the wages of sin is death, but, but the gift of God is eternal life. We have nothing invested in that gift. We know that. It was only ordained by God and through God. So verses 8 and 9, it's getting this amazing gift of life of which we don't deserve. And then mercy. Hard to talk about grace without mercy, going back to verse 4, which saved us from getting what we do deserve. Grace is what Christ did for us. Mercy is what Christ's work kept us from getting what we deserve from God's wrath. Remember Paul says? We all deserve His wrath. The reason we don't get God's wrath is because of the mercy through Christ. Because we deserve the wrath. So Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Paul says, we deserve wrath. But God, we got mercy. And by way of that mercy, it's like, okay, I got a reprieve. Now what do I do? I'm going to tell you a beautiful story at the end of this that... Talking about an illustration of illustrations that happened to Sam and I last night. Oh, man, I need mercy. Whew. This wrath I deserve, I grasp it. It's not coming. Now what? Oh, now grace kicks in. All right. Now I'm going to give you access to something you don't deserve. Mercy keeps you from being killed. Grace brings you back alive. That's why they work hand in hand can't get to grace without mercy. If we didn't have mercy, we'd never make it to grace, would we? We'd die and we're dead in sin. We're dead. That's what we deserve. Mercy keeps us from getting what we deserve so we can get the grace that's promised that we don't deserve. Hence the foundation of our salvation is grace and mercy of the Father bestowed upon us through Christ. I'm going to go ahead and close, get, get, get to this end. I I'm, want I'm just to look at an acronym. Maybe this will help you, maybe it won't. This is something that, that caught my eye and, and helped me a little bit. So if you want to write it down, if you like to write things down, it should be on the screen. But it's not really an acronym. It's, I don't know why I say that, but it's, we're going to talk about cause, means, effects, and promise. The call, or the, the cause of our salvation is grace. That's what opens the door to us. That's the gift that, that was presented to each of us. It's a gift that Paul's illustrating to the church of Ephesus. It's a gift that Paul himself received. And it comes by way of the gospel. So the cause of our salvation is grace. The means of our salvation is our faith. The gift is there. The gift was there before you and I were ever born. Well, when's this gift going to get here? No, it's been here for thousands of years. It's been here. It was promised before the foundations of the earth were even formed. And once the foundations of the earth were formed... All the way back in the garden in Genesis chapter 3, it was introduced to man. So the means of our salvation is when we take that gift and we act upon it by faith. Taking the promise of God's grace to us for eternal life and accepting the gift that it is. The effects of our salvation, he goes on to tell us, we read him in verse 10 of chapter 2. To be his workmanship created for what? Good works. The cause of our salvation, grace. The means of our salvation, faith. The effects of our salvation is unto good works that God calls us to. And then the promise of our salvation. We need to jump out of Ephesians. I can't think of a better verse. We go to Philippians 1.6, where God promises us that what he starts, he'll what? He'll finish. So when verse 10 says, we are created, we are his workmanship. What God started before we were ever formed in our mother's womb, when He knew us before we ever existed, when He knows the number of hairs on our head, what God started in us, we have the promise He will complete it. What a promise. Unlike us, how many promises over the years of our Christian walk or even prior to our Christian walk When we knew there was a God or we hoped there was a God enough, we prayed out. How many times have we failed to keep our word with God? Or what we started in God, we got sidetracked and didn't finish. What God starts, God finishes. What a promise. What a promise. God started writing a poem of our life. He knew we were going to be born. He knew everything about our lives. He knew who He would bring into our lives. He he knew when we'd get to hear the gospel. He knew whether or not we would act upon the gospel. He's been writing our life story, our poem, however you want to say it. Composing our life into a beautiful song that glorifies Him, created by His workmanship. For His glory. Christianity is not about you and me doing anything for God. God didn't create us in the temporal, just for worship. We'll, we'll worship Him eternally. We will sing heavenly songs to Him that we don't even know of, songs that we've never heard, music we've never. We'll get to worship Him in that way for eternity. He's called us to something beyond that here. God didn't create us to build a huge congregation. See how big of a church He can have on earth. No, He created us and purposed us for good works. So this song that He's writing in our lives, that we'll go out and we will sing it to other people. Well, what do you mean, what song? I don't know this song. What's the song? It's the same song we all have it's a song to the mercy and grace of jesus christ and how it quickened us and brought us from death to life i.e this song is called our testimony we all have one that's what he wants us to do oh we get to worship along the way we get to be in prayer and fellowship and be part of a church community, and we get to have our, 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 our version of worship here in the temple, it's not going to compare to when we get to worship Him in eternity. But God says, in the meantime, while we're having our fellowship and our communion and unity, and that's important, while we're doing all that, there's a purpose to it here in the temporal. And that purpose is to be singing our song so others can hear about my glorious works and my love for them illustrated through you that's what it's all about that's what the purpose of this whole thing is I'll close with this illustration beautiful illustration it came by way of a salvation glory to God amen and uh, Sam's been you know sick as we said stuck in the house and a couple of times he' was like man I just let's go get something to eat and I was like, I ain't going out to eat with you. I said there <coughs> like your your lungs outside your chest. I was like, Everybody's gonna be looking at us. I said I said, How would you wanna be sitting at, across the table with somebody coughing like you are? Oh, that's a good point. I said so, God bless I was like, No, I'm not going out to eat with you And uh so last night she was <laughs> she was I was teasing her. I, was like, I don't know. I was like, I got a little bit of work. If you can go the next thirty minutes and not cough then Maybe. So I was like teasing her, giving a hard time. She came back in there. We were just playing, understand. She said, it's thirty one minutes. I haven't coughed. I was like, Well, I've been in the other room, I don't know. So anyway, long story short, dragging it out. We we get it's nine thirty. I was like, I don't think there's not gonna be anything open at nine thirty. She goes, IHOP's I'm like, I hop's go, open. well at least they got coffee. And I said, You understand how cold it is And she goes, I don't care, I gotta get out. And I said, there ain't going to be nobody there. I said, I guess we can get good service. I said, well, everybody's fighting over us. So we go there to IHOP. I said, I don't really think they're open. She goes, yeah, they're 24 hours. Of course, she, she says, look at all the cars in the back. and There's no cars out front. And we walk in, and they're like, all these people are like, what are y'all doing here? Don't you understand it's 20 degrees out there and 930 on Tuesday night? And so we sit down. We get the table at this uh lady comes over her name's Donna waiting on us and music's real loud in there not real bit loud because it's just the workers you know they're all pretty young uh so uh and, you know Donna looks like she might be in her late 40s early 50s and uh so she's I need to yo do y'all like to have the music turned down I said just a little bit would be nice and so we ate our meals and we were laughing like we do we were always laughing about something and so she comes over, gives the check, and uh, and I just asked her. I said, "Hey, do you live around here?" And she lives in Cumby, and blah blah blah. I said, "Well, hey, do you go to church up there?" She goes, "No, I, I, my roommate. She's always trying to telling me I should." And uh, she goes, uh, "I said, well, do you believe? Uh, do you believe in God?" She goes, "Oh yeah, I believe in God." I said, "Okay, so do you believe in God? Do you believe in Jesus Christ?" Yeah, I, I believe in Jesus. And she, I said. Uh, what i said she goes well let me tell you a story okay i didn't want to be rude it's like now it's like chasing right you know the story and she talks about this real car wreck she had spinning and she said i i'm I'm, i really believe i think i heard the voice of god and uh, you know and the car flipped all the stuff and i was okay i was like okay so i'm listening to it and uh i got through i said there's a verse in the Bible deals with a lady Her names Esther it says there's a famous quote in there it says for such a time as this She goes, oh and I can tell she wasn't familiar with it and I said does that make sense to you she goes no not really I said I believe what you went through I said I, I wouldn't argue it with you I don't argue anybody that say they had an encounter with God I, I can't confirm or deny that and i give credit to God to somebody else gives credit to God I agree. I think you probably heard an angel, God himself, somebody. But I said, what's important is the fact, back to the verse, for such a time as now. I said, has there been a time and a place in your life that you understood that you were a sinner and needed a Savior because of that sin and have knowledge that Christ was that Savior and died for your sins, buried and rose again, and you accepted that and asked Christ to save you? I said it just like that. She goes, well, I don't know, but in that wreck, and I was like, oh, back to the wreck. So I let her talk some more, and I said, that's good, but understand my application here. You're talking about this wreck that happened, and God saved your life, it sounds like. That's exactly what I said. I said, I'm challenging you. Do you think there's a possibility that God knocked on your life? I said, life to give you an opportunity to stay alive for such a time as now on a Tuesday night only people sitting in a restaurant that you get to hear about the story of Jesus Christ she goes oh I never thought of it like that I said I I went on gave her scriptures and kind of went through the gospel with her I said the Bible says whoever confesses with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord God shall be saved and I talked to her about the gift that God provided, and, and Sam was very generous w- w- with with the tip, right? extremely generous with the tip, and, and and she was like, "Oh my gosh, that's for me," and I said, "I said, yeah, but don't don't touch it yet." She was like, Hold on. <laughs> "She was like, hey, you know, there's a catch." I said, "No, there's no catch. That's yours. That that my wife wants to give that to you." I said, "But we know what customary percentages are," and she goes, "Yeah." She goes, "That's." I don't know how many times that is. I said, so would that constitute a tip or a gift? She goes, no, that'd be more of a gift. I said, ah, now we're getting somewhere. I said, what if you walk away and leave that money on the table? She goes, I'm not going to. I said, no. I said I wouldn't let you, but I said if you walked away and left that money there. I said, can my wife do any more than what she did? My wife went to work; she earned a paycheck. She willingly took it out of her purse. She wanted to give it to you. Is there anything else my wife could do for that gift? She goes, I guess not. I said, she can't. That's all she can do. She can't make you take it. I said, when does that become yours? I said, I stopped you all ago. I said, when does that become, you know where I'm going. She goes, I guess when I take it. I said, there you go. I said, you're telling me that you believe in Christ and you believe you had this encounter with God, and I think you did. I'm telling you, I feel it's for such a time as now, but you're telling me that you have never prayed and asked Christ to save you. I said, no, I haven't. I said, that's the gift that God has put out before you that you haven't accepted. She started to cry. He said, the beauty is that gift is still there just like this money is. It's right here. It's here, on Tuesday night in a restaurant. We're not at church. You know, I said we can lead you in a prayer, and she wanted to. You know, so she bowed her head, and she prayed and asked Christ to save her. Now I draw all that out only for the purpose of that's what God calls us to, His workmanship. That's what we're to be seeing. I didn't want to go out to eat. I hadn't been sick. I'd been eating lunch with people and going out. Oh, wife's like, oh, let's go, let's go, let's go. I was like, well, I don't want to go. It's cold, it's late. But we got there. Huh? Oh, yeah. But when we were there, at least we took the opportunity to sing the song God has written in our lives through his grace and mercy. That's all he wants all of us to do sing a song sing it for 20 30 minutes sing your song you'll be blown away how many times for such a time as that when you're singing somebody says wow I want that or tell me some more about it Ephesians 2 1 through 10 is a powerful passage of Scripture One of the most powerful conjunctions. But God, while dead, quickened us, brought us to life. He just wants us to sing that story. Her name's Donna Shugert. Prayerfully she'll be with us Sunday if, if possible. She depends on what her shift is. But irregardless, she finally got to accept the gift of God's grace that was given to her thousands of years ago. Amen? Questions, comments? That's a good perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't getting anywhere with me, so he had to use Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh that's a spot on perspective. The exceeding riches to come. don't look towards our inheritance or live through our inheritance and that's a good analogy i forgot who it was it, it may have been uh i don't know i was listening to some pastor how you know if you had the inheritance of a wealthy temporal environment well you wouldn't have any trouble living in that inheritance would you 16 you'd i mean there'd be some just waiting for your parents to croak that's all mine man when they're gone or if they live, you're wanting to be involved in the business. You're wanting to live that lifestyle. And yet, we got these heavenly seats reserved for us, already there. And we don't live in that ram, we get stuck living down here. He did.